WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Hey, everybody, say it with me. Yay, Debo! Yay, James Harrison! Yay, Debo! What's happening is so Pittsburgh and so chock full of self loathing. James Harrison stabbed Pittsburgh in the back. Now he's playing for Darth Vader. And a lot of you simpletons are happy for him. He made a few tackles. Big deal. Whoopity do. If you're rooting for Harrison, you are rooting for the Patriots. You suck like he does. But hey, one more time. Yay, Debo! Yay, Debo! Yay! New England is in the Super Bowl again. That's what really sucks. This is the Mark Madden Show. The path of rage continues. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. It's New England and Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. Brady even ran a quarterback sneak yesterday in the AFC Championship game. Wow. Talk about high tech. The Penguins lost at San Jose Saturday. And that's just one win out of three games on that trip out west. The Penguins simply can't get any traction or consistency. There's this assumption that they're going to make the playoffs, but I'd say it's 50-50. Matt Murray back at practice after going home to mourn the death of his father. Daniel Sprong apparently sent back to Wilkes-Barre-Scranton after being scratched in the last two games of that West Coast trip. But the important thing is, yay, Debo! Yay, Debo! Yay! Jacksonville had him. Jacksonville had that game. Jacksonville had a legit shot at the Patriots. Up 10 with under nine minutes left. And New England took it away. Brady took it away. Brady always finds a way, and that is why Tom Brady really is the best quarterback ever. And, of course, Harrison made that strip. That's what won the game, period. Yay, Debo! Yay! Yay, Debo! All the Steelers hate him. Harrison disrespected the organization, the locker room, and the coaches. But you still love him. Yay, Debo! Uh, The Patriots in the Super Bowl doesn't mean the Steelers should have played Harrison. Harrison making a few tackles yesterday doesn't mean the Steelers should have played Harrison. What did help the Patriots is Harrison being well-rested. Harrison playing very few snaps during his time with the Steelers this year before joining New England. Bill Belichick is reaping the fruit of that. Uh, The Patriots aren't in the Super Bowl because they have James Harrison and the Steelers don't. The Patriots are in the Super Bowl because they have focus and discipline and the Steelers don't. If you want to blame the Steelers coaches for something, Blame them for that. I have concluded 
that the Steelers should part ways with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, for details, check out the Tribune Review website and the column I wrote that was posted Saturday and ran in their print edition yesterday. In a nutshell, ditching Lev Bell makes sense financially. It makes sense in terms of using that money you save to fix the defense. And it makes sense in terms of fixing the culture, although just ditching Bell won't be nearly enough. And yeah, I know, then Bell can go to New England and win a Super Bowl. Him and Debo. Yay, Debo. Uh, We keep noting that if Bell would have been late in New England for Sunday's game or skipped the walkthrough, Bell would not have played. I'm going to backtrack on that. If Bell played for New England, he wouldn't be late for a game and wouldn't be late for the walkthrough. It would never come to that in Belichick's culture. But the Tomlin culture enables. Uh, I want to go over this one more time. The Steelers did not make a mistake by not playing James Harrison. He couldn't play in place of Sean Spence, as I see it suggested on Twitter. Way different positions. He couldn't play in place of Bud Dupree. Too hard to even switch sides. T.J. Watt played well. Did you really want Harrison to take snaps away from T.J. Watt, especially when the Steelers' defensive game plan this season involved Watt very often dropping into coverage? Harrison isn't any good at that. Harrison is a better fit for New England because the Patriots are weak at his specific position and because Harrison is just being used to rush the passer. And if you're thinking Harrison would help the pass rush here in Pittsburgh, uh, how much could he have helped it? The Steelers led the National Football League in sacks and, in fact, set a team record in that statistic. Uh, perhaps you think Harrison should have been given X amount of snaps by way of keeping him happy, by well fulfilling Mike Tomlin's promise. But should keeping Harrison happy, fulfilling a promise, should that have been a priority for the Pittsburgh Steelers? If Harrison wins another Super Bowl, hey, good for him. It will be flying high on borrowed wings and nothing more. Harrison is a bully and a jerk. He always has been. Harrison is a domestic abuser. And 100 Super Bowl rings won't change any of that. Harrison played 32 snaps yesterday. He played 40 snaps in 14 games for Pittsburgh. New England needs him. Pittsburgh didn't. That is the simple truth. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, If you'd like to do what I do, uh, you can watch Liverpool and Swansea City on NBC Sports Network as we speak. Nil-nil in the eighth minute at Swansea. Swansea in last place in the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool in, I think, fourth right now with the potential for third with the victory here. But uh, playing the last place team, I'm expecting a scoreless draw. If, If you want a little education on Liverpool, Liverpool 
beat the hell out of good teams because those teams try to play offense to go up and down the field. When they play a bad team, the other team packs it in, just parks the bus in front of the goal, 11 men back, and Liverpool aren't very good at dealing with that, just aren't very good at that. Anyway, uh, I enjoyed the two conference championship games yesterday. Uh, They were both amazing at two different levels. Philadelphia just slaughtered Minnesota. Uh, For the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl with Foles deputizing for Wentz is quite the accomplishment. Uh, Same thing with New England. Coming back from being down double digits in the fourth quarter, what was it, under nine minutes left, and doing it without Gronkowski, who had been concussed. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, Tom Brady really is the best quarterback ever. Uh, Bortles played well. Again, just couldn't beat Brady. And I think you'd be nuts, absolutely nuts, to bet against New England in the Super Bowl. We got Matt Williamson, our football guru, at 3.30. We got the old 2-9er Phil Bork at 4.30. What's your reaction to how the Penguins played on the West Coast trip, losing two out of three? They're now 6-3 and three on the month. But if you look at the standings, well, it ain't good. Right now, the Penguins are not in the playoffs. Compounding the situation is right now, Philadelphia is in the playoffs. And if that wasn't bad enough, every single team in the Metro Division has games in hand on the Penguins. A game or games in hand. They're 6-3 and three this month. They're doing better. People are starting to assume... I'm not assuming anything. I think it's 50-50 they make the playoffs. 412-333-9939. In just a few moments, I'll expand on the Penguins and their their playoff chances. And I'm going to look at Daniel Sprong being, and again, we don't have confirmation, but um, Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette saw Sprong getting into a car with his sticks which is generally a sign that he'll be driving across the state. So we're waiting for confirmation. I don't know. uh, You're not scoring goals. Not five on five, not like you want, not yet. And the lines seem to fit together better with Sprong. Now you've got J.S. Dea, whoever he is, some other Wilkes-Barre Scranton bum, except he can't score goals. He's center in the fourth line. Shane's up on the third line where you don't like him so much. I... They're, they've determined already that they don't like Sprong. And I'll tell you what, I hate to criticize Sullivan and the staff. I'm, I'm a big fan of what they've accomplished. But it seems like some of the stuff they're deciding is based on who they like and don't, like with Cole and Sprong. And I'm not sure that gets you where you want to go. But if anyone deserves benefit of the doubt, it's the guys currently running the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing? We're all going to rock to the rules I make. Double M, big fan. How you like it now, bitch? DX at 105.9. Uh, the James Harrison thing, there are people in Pittsburgh happy that he made a tackle yesterday and happy that he's in the Super Bowl. To you people, I say, what the frig is wrong with you? If you're rooting for him, you're rooting for the Patriots. Can't do that if you're a Steeler fan. Can't do it. He's the enemy now. And the way he left, 
was less than gracious. Sorry, but if you're happy for Harrison, that's screwed up. I said earlier that the Penguins are 50-50 to make the playoffs, and by way of driving home the uncertainty of the situation, consider this. The Flyers are currently in a playoff spot, and the Penguins are not. The Flyers are one point ahead of the Penguins and have two games in hand. That is unacceptable. The Penguins are only three points out of second in the Metro, but also three points out of last. And literally every team in the division has games in hand on the Penguins. Things look uh, not great. Uh, Matt Murray's back with the team. That's good. But there's this assumption with the Penguins that things are okay and they're going to make the playoffs. Like I said, 50-50. The Stars are going good, but that's not enough. Consistency is what the Penguins can't find. They can't find traction. I don't get Sprong going back to Wilkes. I know some injuries are healing up. Brian Rust uh, might play tomorrow, and that's good. And I know Sprong doesn't paint by the numbers, and it irritates coaches. But he can score, and he can play fast. I thought they want guys who can score and play fast. I'm not sure what the heck John Sebastian Dea can do. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, Philadelphia acted predictably yesterday after winning the NFC Championship game. Uh, before the game, they were throwing full beer cans at the Jags bus. Uh, the Philadelphia fans were beating each other up in the parking lot of the stadium. The police had to grease the utility pole so they couldn't be climbed after the Eagles won. Uh, Philadelphia is just toilet time USA. A giant crapper filled to the brim with the worst sort of human life imaginable. Uh, the Eagles did win pretty handily, though. People are debating if there's going to be a quarterback controversy if the Eagles win the Super Bowl with their backup falls. No, there will not be. Carson Wentz goes right back in at quarterback next year. No question. And the minute Wentz loses a game, those nitwits will want falls. I don't see any way Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl. I don't see any way Foles beats Brady. The Patriots were down 10 with under 9 minutes left yesterday, and no Gronk, and they still won. Brady and a bunch of white receivers just ripped it up. The Patriots are the best cap dynasty ever. And if they win in two weeks, they are the best dynasty ever. Too bad for the Steelers of the 70s, but that's what the Patriots would be. And you can celebrate because Debo will win. Another ring for Debo. Yay, Debo. Yay. Let's go to Patience in Green Tree. Patience. You're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey. What's going on? Hey, uh, I just wanted to say... Uh... You made good points with the list of the reason why um, Harrison's no longer with the Steelers organization, but if those things really did go on in the locker room, uh, why didn't Tomlin just get rid of them right when they were going on, address the situation? Why did he let that linger throughout the season? Is that a the best a thing? The best thing he could have done was just send them home late in the season, keep them on a the roster, keep paying them, but not let them participate, practice, be at the facility, do any of the things that were screwy. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Of course I'm right. Let's go to Mark in Illinois. Mark, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Good afternoon. Um, I heard that 
Eric Carlson of Ottawa would be open for possible trade, but Ottawa does want to keep him and resign. Are you suggesting the Penguins trade for Eric Carlson? Yes, sir, I do. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Anything else? No, sir. Okay, good call. Yeah, they're going to trade for Eric Carlson. And that contract, when it's up after next year, and when they already have Chris Letang, and when Carlson's not played well this year, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna trade for Eric Carlson. Idiots. Up next, it's our football guru Matt Williamson. Liverpool as expected tied with last place Swansea City, nil nil in the twenty fourth minute. You know it's funny. Like I, I I hate to be a pessimist with my teams, but I'm a pessimist by nature, and this is going exactly as I knew it would go. Exactly. Swansea, 11 guys behind the ball. Liverpool can't break through. Swansea actually gets the better chances on the rare counterattack. Exactly as I knew it would. Kind of like the Jacksonville game against the Steelers went exactly as, well, we all kind of knew it would, but didn't want to admit. 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, how you doing? Good. Mace is always a component of any nice day. Thank you for making my day. Yep. What you said. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Joined now by our football guru, Matt Williamson. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. Matt, why is James Harrison playing so much in New England when he couldn't get on the field barely at all with the Steelers? Yeah, obviously I thought that would be a talking point watching that game. And here's my thoughts on it, and I'm not dismissing it. I mean, clearly he was unhappy here and not being used, and at the end they felt like getting him out was a positive just by shipping him out. However, I also think that they've asked what they do from that position has changed a lot. I mean, it's not Lloyd and Green and Gilden screaming off the edges as much as it used to, Watt was in coverage, I think, more than any edge player in the league, and Dupree drops a fair amount. I'm not saying I agree with it. In fact, I don't. But you don't want Harrison in coverage. That being said, if you use him right, even if it's situationally or 10 snaps a game for, what, 18 games this year, I think you could have gotten a lot out of him, even if it's just early downs against the run. Have him going forward. Even if that's a tell to some degree, I still think that he was misused here. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. right. They, they set a team record for, for sacks. I mean, they, they clearly did. needed to rush the passer. So if you're saying they should have paid him, uh, excuse me, played him, it's like you're trying to keep him happy. And I'm not so sure that should be a priority, Matt, nor do I want to take snaps away from T.J. Watt and give him to Harrison. True, but I think Watt also came back to earth as the season went on. I thought the pre became more and more effective, and I thought it became more and more apparent that Moats and Chicolo don't deserve snaps. So if Harrison from day one is playing 10 dozen snaps, maybe you get more from those younger guys throughout the season, particularly Watt. I have more concerns about the pre as a player. Um, I, I do understand what you're saying, but it, what if you to use them against Chicago and all those outside zone runs or – both Jacksonville games where they run the ball a lot, I think he'd have done a better job. Well, i, I got to tell you, people should recognize that Harrison playing in New England isn't because the Steelers made the wrong decision necessarily. It's because New England needs them more than Pittsburgh did, correct? 
True. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Their front seven needs a lot of help. And they do a good job rotating guys in, and they're limiting the snaps. And I know everyone thinks he's tearing it up up there, but I don't think he's the reason they're in the Super Bowl or anything. I mean, he's been a useful piece. What should the Steelers do with Le'Veon Bell? Uh, instead of franchising him and going through all that turmoil again and ultimately paying him over 14 mil, can't they get it back to do 80% of what Bell does and pay him 20% of what Bell wants? Probably. You could go sign Carlos Hyde, Jarek McKinnon, Andrew Crowell, draft a guy. It's a very, very deep running back draft. But I also think they've catered their blocking a great deal towards Bell's strengths, and Munchak's done a really good job of that. As opposed to driving people off the wall, they or off the off the ball, they almost kind of get in the way and set picks for as offensive linemen go. And Bell figures out his spot and it's a hole. But to your question, what would I do with Bell? I think it's pretty clear. I mean, I think you franchise him one more time because your quarterback only has so much time left and you're trying to win the whole thing. If you were 2-14 and 14 this year, you'd, I'd send him on his way. And I would use a third-round pick, maybe a second-round pick, not a first, on one of these backs that falls. And be, Partially because I have a lot of concerns about Connor. Connor can't stay on the field, and by no means do I have any faith in him as a 2. So either you draft the 2 or you, and or Bell's replacement – run him into the ground yet again this year, and send him on his way. Okay. He's not going to show up for camp if you do that. And what if right. he does follow through on his threat to sit out the season or retire for a while anyway? I'm not saying he would, but he's such a goof, Matt, I can't count it out. True, and the immaturity thing makes me want to sign him long-term less. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, to me, that doesn't help your cause. Oh, that's one conclusion deal. I can safely draw, Matt. There's no way I signed this guy long-term. I, right. I, I, I have him one more year at most. Agreed, agreed. And because not because he maybe is a goof and he's immature, but his, the workload is insane. I mean, I don't think he was as good this year as he was last year. And if next year he's 2% worse again, well, then you have a declining asset. So, yeah, I'm with you. But if the Steelers weren't a true contender and weren't one of the best teams in the league, I would not invest, you know, fourteen million in the guy. But because of where they're at, where Ben's at, I want one more year. But I want insurance policy through the draft. I think the Steelers need to fix their culture, Matt. Usually, crap like that is overstated. I don't think so in this case. They have a culture of chaos, and it jumps up and bites them at very inopportune moments. It does, um, and I, I hope that that's a Tomlin priority this off season. That probably comes from the top. But how does the guy who enables suddenly fix it? Is the owners make them? You know, I mean, say, hey, you got another year to get this right. Because the reason I say that, Mark, is because I absolutely believe wholeheartedly that after AB's Facebook stuff and the shenanigans that went on a year ago, it became a priority for this organization to become more football intelligent, more character, more accountable. And their draft very much showed it. I mean, like when I was at the facility and the draft was going on, we interviewed Mr. Rooney, and the first thing he said was, all these guys are team captains. Nobody has off-the-field concerns. They're mature players. They're football smart. And I bet this draft class will be the same. Can they change that culture with Tom and his coach? They can tell him to. Do you believe he can pull it off? I don't know. I haven't been down there enough to know, and when I am, I'm at an arm's length. 
But and to make clear, Matt, I'm not suggesting getting rid of Tomlin. No, I know. I I'm know. just wondering if this is a, a futile effort with the type of player he has and what he has enabled. And I wonder if Ben has some deserves some some heat for this too, because he's not Brady. We know that, you know. In well, leadership of, in general. And right, right. But because of, I mean, that's who you got. I mean, those two guys aren't changing. So does ownership have to put more pressure on him to make that change? Are we overblowing it? I don't know. But I don't think it's an accident then when Bettis and Fanica and Aaron Smith and those guys ran the locker room and Ben was a young guy that they had more success in big games than when Ben runs a locker room and Bell and A.B. are being goofs. We're talking to Matt Williamson, our football guru. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. Matt, uh, Philadelphia routed Minnesota. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. What caused that, and did it shock you? It absolutely shocked me. I picked Minnesota in a close game, a really physical game. I think Philadelphia might now be the hardest place to play in the league, and their point differential, home versus away, was the best in the league this year. But the thing that was just unpredictable was Nick Foles played like Carson Wentz, and he's never done that before. He's never been that accurate. He's never been that good at deep passer. He's never been that good on third downs. He's never been, most importantly, usually the whole key is as the down goes later and later, Foles is going to screw it up. Well, he didn't. You know, he played phenomenal. And going into that game, you knew that the thing that worried me most, even though I picked the Vikings, was Philly's D-line against the Vikings O-line is a massive mismatch, especially in Philly for the Eagles. And I read today that, that Keenum had 50 dropbacks, 24 of them he was under pressure. I think success in the playoffs is mostly about not flinching that. And the Eagles didn't flinch when Wentz got hurt, did they? I, I think they knew they were up against it, but they never really played different, talked different, did anything different. No, they stumbled for a couple weeks. You know, They didn't finish the season strong, and Foles had a bad game or two. But they kept their same personality they didn't alter the play calling by a ton and i think a, you know a big reason you can do what you said is great line play and i think their offensive line defensive line is probably the best combination of big men in the league that goes a long way i mean especially when the weather hits and those type of things and i don't think it's an accident that three of the four or three of the final four teams were probably the best three defenses in the league last year now, the Jags did flinch against New England, Matt, and it seems like teams are afraid to play with the lead against New England, never mind when they trail. Look at when Jacksonville got the ball with two timeouts and almost a minute left in the first half and just went to the locker room. Why would they do that? It's like it, 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 everybody fears New England even when they have the advantage. They do. <laughs> I mean, we saw it with Atlanta in the Super Bowl. We've seen the Steelers do it at times. That's... It's rather amazing, you know, that you, you can overthink things that much or let pressure get to you that much that, boy, this is the Patriots, we have to play different. All that being said, and I haven't watched the tape, but we know Belichick and Patricia and those guys are great halftime adjustment people. I don't think it's an accident that the first half they had a lot of success. Second half they had very little success. They blitzed a lot more in the second half. They made adjustments. Bortles came back to earth a little bit, and Brady was phenomenal as usual. Now, on the other hand, why does New England never flinch? It's like the Patriots are incapable of getting rattled. 
I know. I mean, I wish I knew that answer and I could bottle it and give it to all my friends. You know, I mean, it's it's an unbelievable trait. It might be the most most impressive thing of the whole Belichick Brady era. I mean, the the ice water in their veins. They never get too high. They never get too low. And just to give you an example, you know, when I was scouting for the Browns, I got to know a couple Patriots uh, scouts and things on the road, and they would say things like. Yeah, you know, when we go back to the facility, we didn't know if they were 10 and 2 in week 12 or 2 and 12. Like nothing ever changes and it's not fun. You don't see Super Bowl trophies, you don't see rings, every day's the same. But boy, it works. How are Brady's receivers always open? As in always open. Is that him? Is it them? Is it the scheme? What's going on there? All the above, um, I do think that Jacksonville D, and we saw it against Steelers a little bit, and we saw it at the end of the season, um, were having more coverage gaps than they did earlier in the season. But a lot of it is scheme. And he's had a fair amount of time to throw. I don't know. I mean, not when, when Gronk went out, I was actually concerned for the first time, saying, wow, now they're down, they don't have Gronk. He's such an integral part of their passing game. And they still got it done to, you know, Amendola. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, I wish I had more answers for you. I mean, it's, some of it is obviously scheme. Some of it is Brady's immense ability at the line of scrimmage. And you can only throw so much at him early in the game until he, you know, gets a full read of what you are. And at the end of the game, he knows exactly where everyone's going to be. We always have the debate who's the greatest quarterback ever. That's typical talk show fodder across the country, Matt. But... I just don't see a debate anymore. I don't see how anybody can argue that this guy's not the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I've been holding out for a long time. Like, I often say, if we're picking up teams, the guys I want are Elway, Rodgers, Marino. But to say that they're not the, <laughs> that Brady's not the best quarterback of all time is crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, Really, I mean, is he the best football player of all time? Is he the best athlete of all time? I mean, I think he's in those conversations now. What's Philadelphia have to do to beat New England, and do you think it's even conceivable? The thing that's very conceivable, and I'm sure they'll adjust as the game goes on, is the Philly defensive line has to be utterly dominant, and Brady has to take hits, and those things I think will happen. The other side of the ball, though, I mean, I know the Patriot defense isn't phenomenal, but... I don't trust Foles to play like that two weeks in a row. Well, Matt, great stuff. We'll break down the Super Bowl next week. And as always, thanks for your expertise. All right, Mark. Good stuff. Take care. That's Matt Williamson. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Liverpool trail 1-0 at last play. Swansea again in a game that I knew would go exactly as it is. Nothing is more frustrating for me as a sports fan, through all the years I've been a sports fan, than watching Liverpool play a bad team. Because it always goes to crap. Uh, just like this show is right now, although Matt Williamson was obviously a tremendous. Uh, going to talk more about the conference championship games yesterday. Going to talk more about the Penguins. Are you as uncomfortable as I am after that one win and two losses uh, road trip? I just don't feel like they're gaining traction. I know they're 6-3 and three this month, but they're still out of a playoff spot. And every team in the conference, in the, uh, excuse me, division has games on hand. I, It's just not getting better. And, uh, boy, it's frightening. It really is frightening. I'm Mark Madden. Here's a chance. Smart 8 misses. Shoots wide. We stink by. One of- and 
now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey. Hey, what's going on, Mark? Hi, super genius. It's a good buddy. That shit, bro. That shit, me love you. Woo! The X at 105.9. Get the Let Out played this both nights at Greensburg at the Palace. Awesome shows. Close the door, put out the lights. You know they won't be home tonight. No quarter brought to you by CW Electric Service. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Uh, Frank Coonley, the Pirates president, was on KDKA today, the AM station, and it was one million percent horse manure. Coonley said the Pirates traded Andrew McCutcheon to try and build a winner. Oh, really? Tell me how exactly that's true, Frank, because you didn't get anything of consequence for Kutch, and you won't spend the money you were going to pay him on somebody else. You cut payroll, Frank. That's what you did. Frank's exact quote was, they traded Kutch for all the right reasons. Right, to set up shop on top of Four Seasons. Drunk Frank and he's the real McCoy. What a bunch of nonsense. Uh, And this is a very carefully chosen appearance by Coonley because he's on with Larry Richard and John Shumway who are two... Well, I know Larry. Larry's a great guy. But they're both homers. They're not going to confront Coonley. They're not going to grill him. In fact, Coonley barely... I wouldn't even call it an interview. It was more like a monologue. Uh, Koch wrote a tearful farewell to Pittsburgh at that Players Tribune website. I believe Koch's sentiments, but he's got to be overjoyed to get the frig out of here. I wrote a column about this a couple weeks back, even before the Steelers lost to Jacksonville. And I've been thinking about it a lot in the wake of the playoff loss to the Jaguars and seeing uh, New England come back and beat Jacksonville and only taking one penalty, one flag in the entire game. And people are saying, oh, that shows the refs are for the Patriots. I didn't really see the Patriots take a bunch of penalties. Their discipline and their focus. There were a couple past interference penalties. Could have been called, but but it wasn't egregious. And uh, it makes me think the Steelers are never going to win with the way things are set up. They're just not. Uh, they got a great roster. they got a coach with the second highest winning percentage among active coaches. But the Steelers are never going to win a Super Bowl. With who they got, who's coaching, the way things are set up, and the whole culture of chaos. They are not going to beat the teams that show up for work instead of super wonderful, crazy fun time. Your thoughts, 412-333-9939. At the top of the hour, we're going to talk about uh, just the Super Bowl nobody in Pittsburgh wants to see. Going to give away another $1,000 as I did all last week. And even though it gets you to listen and pay attention, all these giveaways irritate the excrement out of me. Hey, be caller number seven. Call in and win. Don't call in and win. 
That's not how you win. You text, so at least my phones are left out of it. But it just feels so, like I said last week, 13Q. Uh, the big rock station, AM, when I was a kid, you were supposed to answer the phone. I listened to the news sound at 13Q. And you could win something if they were calling you. That's how they did the giveaways back then. They would call you. You didn't have to call them. So I answered my phone that way for a while until uh, after one such way of answering, my mother grabbed the receiver out of my hand and conked me in the head with it. Never mind listening to the new side of 13Q. I couldn't even hear out of one ear for a couple days. So anyway, like I said, the Patriots... Now, now here's something that does look bad. The Patriots got flagged for one penalty yesterday. That's the fewest penalties called on one team in a playoff game since the 2011 AFC Championship when the Patriots were called for 